This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Hockey. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome into Judd's Hockey Show. It is Zolget. It's Declan Goff. And it is a one-timer discussing the Wilds. A split over the weekend with the Avs at the X, which Declan on Saturday started off very, very troublesome because... The uh, Avs essentially blew out and made the uh, Wild look silly in that game. And I thought to myself, okay, this is pretty much done. <laughs> and, and then, um, of course, of course, hockey being the great sport that we love on Sunday. Uh, let's see. No Fiala, because he was serving the second game of his three-game suspension. Yep. No Felino because he was, after Saturday's game, put into the COVID protocol. Yep. No Johansson, because he suffered an injury on Saturday in the second period, didn't play in the third, and I know you're going to be shocked by this. We still don't know what's wrong. And then no Dumba, because I don't know if you saw it, but in the third period on Saturday, he locks skates in his own zone with um, Jordan Greenway, and his knee bent really weird, and I'm guessing he's not going to play for a long time. He was placed on long-term IR. Oh, I I thought he... Oh, okay, because I I saw that he, he was placed on IR yesterday, and they put Zuccarello on long term. Oh, is that what it was? Okay, yeah, well, so I'm not sure that, that they changed that. But nonetheless, yes. what I saw in having covered football reminded me of a football Ugh. type of knee, type of ACL, MCL type of deal. Sure. Not good. But of course, our sport being our sport, then when all hope appeared to be lost, Wild comes back and uh, beats the Avs on Sunday. And the Avs also are without some key guys as well. Uh, Taze, the defenseman that they got from the Islanders, didn't make the trip. He's hurt. Eric Johnson got hurt on Saturday. And then, most importantly, talking about, yes, the uh, games upcoming on Tuesday and Thursday between the Wild and Avs as they complete the four-game series in Colorado. Nathan McKinnon got hurt in the second period last night and did not play in the third. And I don't know what's wrong or what his status is going to be. But if he is out, it is a huge deal because he is flat out one of the best players in this league. Absolutely. So all of that being said, <laughs> I want to get to this talking point. Okay. And believe it or not, Wild fans, it's a very positive one. I want to get to the OT point first, and that is this one. The Wild has now played three games in OT during the course of what's going to be the 2021 season. They have not gone to the godforsaken shootout yet. They have won all three games during the three-on-three session a year ago, just for comparison's sake, they played um, their first four overtime games that they played, Dex. 
They lost all four of them. Yeah. In three on three. They rebounded then in during the course of the season to come back and win three. But long story short, in 2018-19, the Wild won three OT games. Last year, same thing. This year, what, approximately 10 games in? They have won three. And you know what? It's not a fluke. God bless America. The Wild finally gets it. Three on three, right? It's time for speed, right? Let's see. It's not time for Eric Stahl. No. No. Miko? No. No. Yeah, Shooter? No. Crazy? No. No. It's time for guys that are actually young and fast. (laughs) Last night, opening face-off of OT. I did think to myself, you know what? No Kaprizov. That's odd. Seems odd. Eric Sinek, Greenway, and Brodeen. 18 seconds in. Uh, Greenway feeds Brodeen with a pass. Brodeen scores uh, past the f- former Duluth goaltender Hunter Miska, and the Wild wins. How refreshing is this, though, Declan? Yes. And I mean, th- this sounds it sounds like I'm being a smart ass, and I, I guess I start a VAM. But how refreshing is this? to see the Wild put out guys in overtime now that can skate with the other team. It's very refreshing. It's, it's, it's optimal strategy. It's guys that have that you should have been putting out there from, from the start. Um, just because Eric Stahl and Miko and Zach and Ryan are your veterans does not mean that that's going to give you the best strategy to win in an overtime game. They're not going to win in a track meet. (laughs) You know what? Let me rephrase that. They're not going to win in a sprint. They might beat you in a cross-country 5K. They're not going to win in the sprint. They're lopers. Yes. They're lopers. They lope. They lope skate. In in track? They're slower. As a former track burnout, Mm -hmm. for the lack of a better word, or onward, I can tell you that there are sprinters and there are distance runners. And then sometimes there's a group that is a little bit of both. You're not fast enough to be a sprinter. You don't have the endurance enough to be a cross-country Cross, cross, cross country guy. Yeah. I was in that group. I know how that goes. But the Wild, for whatever, for years and years, rolled out those same slower guys. Now, now I know Fiala was suspended yesterday, so he wasn't involved in the game, but guys like Fiala, Kaprizov, by the way, guys, someone like Jordan Greenway earned the opportunity to be out there. Uh, I agree completely. Earned. Yes. It is, was, if you would have told me yep, you're right. beginning of the season, hey, would you put Jordan Greenway out to start a three on three? I'd probably say, uh, probably not. I, would, I wouldn't say hell no, but I'd say probably not. But he's been. Arguably, I know we're probably touching that in the full show later this week, but he's been a godsend. He's been everything you wanted him to be. We and we'll we'll t- we'll dive into that. I know later this week, but you're right. Th- the strategy going into overtime is finally set for the Wild, and it's good. You can you can win these games in over. It used to be it was a death march. When it went to over, we, we were praying, praying the game well, would, whether win or lose would end in regulation because you knew it was going to be done in overtime. And how crazy would we all go when it was nine, eleven, twenty? Twelve, <laughs> no, but I, right. like we right, were like, right. what are you doing? I know. Like this is not hard. No, it's this not. is not a difficult decision. It drove you crazy. This makes so much sense. And on Jordan Greenway, you are a thousand percent right. He has earned everything he's gotten. And you know what? Too good for Bill Guerin for for sitting him down after the qualifying round loss to Vancouver and saying something. You know, basically, do you want it? Lose some weight, right? Get your act together and come back. And there are guys who would have said, "Okay, thanks a lot, Billy." Later, and come back and still been sort of, I don't know, um, not in great shape. And he came back and has been great. Um, I also liked this part too. 
So I charted lines late in the third Classic period last night. Move. Yep, yep. I know you go. I think it was the last half of the third period or so. And I'm going to tell you right now, do you know who, who had, and it was, I, it was not uh, consistent for the whole game because his ice time for the game was not down. But Zach Parisi did not see as many shifts late mm. in that game as a lot of guys did. Let me look at that quick, okay? Um, and, You're talking about Sunday's game. Yes, Sunday's game. Now, during the course of the whole game, he did. Sure. So so his time on ice is not down. But you. I'm saying during during the key portions of the third period late, yep. he had a shift or two, but it was not the same because mm. it was Greenway, it was Eck, it was guys that I think that they think are a little bit faster, probably. Um, but I was curious I mean, by, by that, and here's why I like it. Go ahead. It's not because Zach can't play. It's because you do wonder, going probably back to Mike Yo, about who's dictating what, right? Like, is ice time being dictated by the coach or the players? But, yeah, I charted it, and I think Zach took one shift in, like, the last, I don't know, five. All right. Four or five. Here, I'll back you up here. So five on five on Sunday. Yes, sir. Zach Breezy only played 11.45. The forwards that played above him in those time limits. Kuro Kaprizov with 12.10. Mm-hmm. Ryan Hartman, 15.37, who was a beast. I know he, he was a beast. He played a great game. Maybe his best game of the season. It, and, it was. It was for sure. And Jordan, uh, Joel Erickson Eck, 16.16. Yep. Jordan Greenway, 16.27. So four forwards above him in there five on five. And even, I'll, even, I'll go one more better. Five on four power play minutes last on Sunday. Oh, he wasn't anywhere near the first power play. Zach touched for two thirty. <laughs> yeah. Guess who had the same amount of power play time as Zach Parise did? Nick Fuchsted. Victor Rask. Victor Rask. Two thirty. We'll Other forwards yeah. that had more power play time. Interesting. Jerry Mayhew two fifty two. He Nick was on Bukestead, the second unit. Three thirty one. Second unit. Benino three fifty four. Who should not be on the power play, but he I've has to play it. it. I might be wrong about yep. it. Yep. Gorilla Kaprizov three fifty four. So, uh, you know what? Credit to, yes, credit to Bill Guerin for building a, a roster here that is different from years past. But also, you know what? We don't give him a lot of credit, but credit for Dean Evison for playing the hot hands and playing for the optimal situations. You yep. know, Dean, Dean's man, literally managing on the fly here. He has to because of now the, the COVID situation, the suspensions and the injuries. Your guy Jerry played. Jerry finally gets the time. I'm not as high on Jerry as I used to be. But you know what? Jerry's like the old fling. You know, he comes back into town. You and, on Jerry. And he says, hey, you want to grab a drink? And lo and behold, here yeah, I am. Slamming a, a second or third drink with him. You're a sucker for him. So um, so I, 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 kudos to Dean Evison for recognizing those situations and being like, just because someone has a certain uh, pedigree to their name or it's because they have a certain situation that they've been here and done that before, I don't care. If Kirill Kaprizov and Nick Benino are going to give us our best chance on this power play, we're going to roll with them. Kaprizov, it is not even close. I don't think now Kaprizov is your most talented forward. It's not close. Uh, here's what I see from him. And he's not there yet, and so I'm not saying he's th- this guy, but here's what I see. And I'd like to see him become slightly more selfish, because I think right now he's definitely not Patrick Kane. Uh, so, he's not going to score. Yeah, right. He's not going to score exactly like Kane did, and he's not there. But Dex, when he carries the puck, and he is a strong player, um, and his ability to facilitate, it reminds me of Kane because sure. Kane Kane makes plays. Yes. Like Kane scores, but Kane makes plays too. Uh, when Kaprizov gets the puck, you feel confident that something good can take place. And I will tell you, there are 
a few guys on this team right now, or quite a few, that I don't have that same feeling about. Let, I'll say this, and it's not this is not a rip on Kirill at all, because because you are correct. Anyone with even an untrained hockey brain, our guy Phil Mackey, the hockey whisperer, as we like to call him, um, can rec can watch, sit down and watch a wild game and understand the impact that he has when he when he corrals the puck. Sure, and he is a playmaker. Yeah, he, he, he's absolutely a playmaker. There are situations that I've already seen through what now almost ten games that he does need to be more selfish and do take oh, the shot. Oh yeah, and or don't dance the blue line. Keep going, dude. Full steam ahead. What do you? There's don't drop pass. He's finding his way. Don't drop pass. And yeah, KHL and NHL. It's definitely a little bit different uh, situations. I do want to be more selfish. It does not mean that he is already far and away the best player on this. Somebody team. needs to tell him you are you are the most talented player on this team, and yep. anything that you do to try. Uh, and defer is actually a terrible thing. And that's why, and this is why this is so good yin and yang, and it complements each other well, and, and why eventually I want to see it happen, is I want to see Kaprizov and Fiala on the ice together. Because Fiala has that swagger and that confidence that you want in any player, right? Like, he wants to shoot the puck, and yes. he gets pissed if he misses, or if he, he gets upset if he doesn't get it. And he's very talented, so too. You, you want that demeanor of Fiala yes. inside Kaprizov. Yes. You can't just put the Kaprizov talent that's there into anyone because that's, that's just not fair. But that's why I want to see these two play together, not just on the power play in general because Fiala will feed off that, literally. Yeah. He'll benefit, both of them will benefit on that. Yes, and, and I think that you don't have to have them um, paired up on the same line for full games constantly, but I do think that, and I think that they have gone to this at times, if they're down in the third, you could definitely, or if, if you shorten the bench, you could definitely pair them. Um, and that's the weird thing, though, about the power play. So the power play right now, yeah. I'm not joking, the power play right now is operating at 5.1%. It's 2 for 39. It's 2 for thir- 39. And I think the first goal that came against the Ducks, actually, you, you could go back and look, was off of Erickson X hand mm-hmm. and might not have counted, which means it could be one for 39. <laughs> All right? It is unbelievably bad. And with Fiala out last night, the first power play, just to uh, clear this up, I was wrong on Bukestead being on the second power play. The first power play was Bukestead, Benino, Kaprizov, uh, Spurgeon, and Suter. And then the second power play was Parisi, Rask, Mayhew, Hunt, who played because uh, because Dumbo was out, and Brodine. Um, but I want to get back to the power play with Kaprizov and Fiala has to work, right? Like, it makes too much sense. It's got to work. When you consider the amount of talent that is on the ice when those two are paired, now, they probably have to decide what their roles are. Yeah. And again, they probably both have to be selfish. Kaprizov is just so eager right now to make plays, and he can, Mm -hmm. but he gives up shots. Yes. Um, but I got to think that long-term, once they both find their groove on the power play together, there is no reason, I don't think, why the why the wild power play shouldn't be damn good. Absolutely. And certainly not 5.1%. Well, for God's sakes, I mean, we looked after that first game. We thought, oh, okay, so they went 0 for 6. You know, that's that's an anomaly. That can happen some nights. But, man, it kind of looked, looked strong. There were some moments. Get the right personnel out there for what it looked like. Yeah, you know, eventually, you'll get one of those. Absolutely. You'll get one of those. Yeah. And then, look, and I know this is... Uh, maybe a bad example, but I think I saw one of the Capitals 
clicking at like 45% in the power play. By the way, with Ovi in and out of the lineup a little bit right now, right? I believe he is, he's missed some time. Laviolette man gets the great, he always steps in and is great. Like, it's one thing to have the Ovi circle and good luck. Here it is. I'm standing right here. You can try to stop me. I, I'm, I don't care. But still, that power play clicks at 45%. And we're not asking for something to be that because that is absurdly high. But my God, I don't think there's any reason why it shouldn't be at 20%. Yeah, this I don't is, think there, there's no reason why it shouldn't be at about 20%. This is off the charts bad. This is just off the charts terrible. <laughs> I mean, two power play goals. Yeah. Two it's, of them. It's to the point where I want to decline it. And like, you, I've, can I you, talked can, about that. Can yeah. you give me a three on three for 30 seconds? You know, like, like, is there some other fun little thing we can add to the, to the game of hockey just to make it more enjoyable or something? I'll take the first down and decline the right. actual power play attempt. Uh, last thing for you. Sure. I want to give you an uh, interesting statistic. That's going to um, probably drive some fans of this team up the wall. Okay. Victor Rask in 10 games after scoring two goals last night. Yes, two goals against an Avs team that also, like the uh, Wild, had some important guys out. Has three goals, okay? Mm-hmm. In six games, <laughs> as a member of the Carolina Hurricanes, Nino Niederreiter has three goals. Both of them have zero assists. In other words, they have the same amount of goals, the same amount of assists, and the same amount of points. Yeah. Um, what are you trying to say, Joe? I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Is this trade, and, and keep in mind, Nino went to Carolina and took off, which yep. actually for him is not surprising. Mm-hmm. But now more than a year or two years, right, after that trade was made, because I, I believe it was made in February two years ago, Yep. is the Victor Rask... Nino Niederreiter trade, not as bad as we all thought, and that includes us. It's still a bad trade. Um, but is it not as bad as we thought? I mean, not as bad as in, like, you were in the muck and now you're st- your head's still not above water and you're still missing rent? Like I, 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 I'm saying Nino is not, the longer he stays in a place, the worse he gets. The reason is the trade. He's is- regressing and Rask is, and Rask is not going to be great, but Rask is coming up a little bit and the guy that was traded to Carolina was only going to be there for X amount of time. And my guess is that he'll be moved himself again after this season. The reasons to trade Nino Niederreiter were correct. Let's make that very clear. It wasn't like he was an untouchable, untradeable player. And I think some fans still think like, no, he was. He was in that category. Like, you couldn't have possibly ever traded him. Our beloved Nino Niederreiter, Game 7, 2014. That doesn't take away that amazing moment. But eventually you had to, you had to break up this core. You had to break up the core. You were log jam on salary cap. I still think Benton probably should have listened to some people and said, like, look, dude, you want to trade Nino Niederreiter? That's fine. And from what we have been told behind the scenes, that was being discussed. Okay, you can trade him. You just can't trade him for this guy straight up. You cannot make this trade. Right. And Fenton said, no, I don't care. I want this guy. I want and yeah. I want I want Victor Rask. I'm doing Victor Rask. Um, it's still a bad trade. I... Thoroughly get a, a how bad is it? Is the question though? Because we it, it was awful. It's still it's an it's a rotten apple. You can't eat it. You're still gonna get food poisoning. You're still gonna be sick. You're, you're, you're not you're not gonna be better for it. It, it, it. This isn't just a hey. But I'm Nino pass spoils. This quick. But that's the important thing to keep in mind. He spoils <laughs> over time. He starts to go rotten. Okay. I'm just saying. I think it was too. I'm not defending Rask nearly as much as what I'm saying is. I think it's all sort of a wash in the end. And, and the fact that Nino got traded and got hot is not surprising. Right. If he had kept it up, that's different. 
Um, I look, I'm never going to say that Rask should be top six. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you flat out the fact that he was on the second power play is going to keep me up at night. I know. It's a terror. I don't like it. I don't condone <laughs> it. He is a bottom six guy. Yep. I'm just asking if it's not as bad as we possibly thought. It's, and he did score two goals last night. Um, one, one of them. Hold on a second. Let's see if I've got the scoring sheet here. Um, one, if not both, but one of them for sure was set up because of the diligence of, of Kaprizov. Kaprizov. That was the tying goal. I saw the highlight of this. So that was that, the tying one. That was a lazy, that was a bad clear, as I recall, by the Avs. And Kaprizov, though, had the talent and wherewithal to keep the puck in, in the zone. Yep. Here's what, my, my final thought on, on your question is, bad trade, did it cripple the wild? No. It did not hurt the wild. It did not kill the wild. Like, I'm not going to look back on that trade and be like, man, that was the that was the turning point of this franchise that really sunk sunk us into a ship of of being in the in the in the middle. No, you were in the middle before. That's where you perpetually have been for the majority of your franchise's history. Um, it, it's fine. I'm rooting for Nino, and you know, give me fuel, give me fire, give me Nino, Nino Ryder. I love I love that stuff with Carolina. That's great. I want him to succeed. I don't think he is anymore. But uh, I think it's just about you know time. what, Victor Rask. Good for you. Good on you, man. Make the most of your opportunities. Uh, and we'll be rooting for you. The lesson, not really. The lesson from today's show is very simple, though. You can win in overtime. You, you, that and this. 97, be more selfish. Love it. And listen, 11 and 20, go to them and say, we're not nearly as good as you are. You make the plays, we'll follow, okay? I dig it. You have, I'm telling you right now, you have a budding superstar, all right? He can do whatever the hell he wants with the puck. I'm not going to complain. The more he does, the better the Wild is going to be. Uh, we're done, but but we are go- going to do a live um, show after the game on Tuesday night. Is that, that correct? That's correct. We'll be on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. I believe that are our platforms there. So, yeah, we'll be <laughs> you live. You tell me. We'll, we'll, we'll you tell me what platforms we'll, are. We'll be right there, and, uh, you know, maybe maybe we'll take your calls. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do that. Oh, I, I like it. All right, All that's Judd's Hockey Show. Declan? Fast score. He knows you once ate an entire sheet cake. He knows your selfie life isn't your real life. He knows what goes down on the DMs. Shouldn't you know your dog better? Now you can learn his inner secrets with Embark, the highest rated dog DNA test. Unlocking over 350 breeds and screening for over 215 genetic health risks. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA. That's DNA to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.